and welcome back to the Higher Cause Podcast. And today I'm going to share a truth of the week with you guys, um, something that the Lord put on my mind a few weeks ago. Uh, and actually, uh, last Thursday, I was able to preach a message to my fellowship at my college. Um, we have four fellowships, and uh, I am uh, vice president of one of the fellowships uh, in little groups in our school. Uh, and so, Lord, I was as I was praying about what I was going to preach, the Lord really burdened me with this passage. And the passage comes out of 1 Kings, uh, 1 Kings chapter 19. And uh, here we see Elijah and his, his running, really running from um, Jezebel. And you see here that his, uh, he had just came off a great victory, right, uh, with Mount Carmel. And I think it's important, and what I told my fellowship is, I think it's important any time that God allows you to see the failure of his, one of his men, right, someone that he's gifted, uh, in the Bible, it, it's very important. It's very important to pay attention. And I think of David and Bathsheba and the lesson we can learn from that. Uh, there's many uh, lessons in many sermons I've even heard preached out of that passage, and not necessarily to badmouth David and to say, oh, he was such a bad person. But we learn from it. And God allowed us, uh, through the inspiration of Scripture, to see the failure of some of the men that he has called and some of his men. And so I do think it's it's important that whenever God allows us to see failure of one of his men we should pay attention and there's something we can learn from it uh, but here looking at the looking here in the word of God uh, we see in first Kings 19 verses 1 through 4 again Elijah had just come off a victory at Mount Carmel uh, the prophets of Baal were, were trying to call down fire and and they were cutting themselves and uh, in the previous chapter he's mocking them he's saying oh maybe your God's asleep and then at the end of the chapter he prays and says God I know you're going to hear me would you show them how great you are? And then God, of course, he sends down fire. Uh, and there, that story is just amazing. And I, I would love at some point to preach a, really a, preach a message out of that passage. But, um, but what I want to look at is what happens next. So picking up really in chapter 18, uh, 1 Kings 18, the very last verse says, and the, hand of God, and the hand of the Lord was on Elijah, and he girded up his loins and ran before Ahab to the entrance of Jezreel. So we see the hand of God is on Elijah. And I think it's very interesting. Now, let's go ahead and just read First uh, Kings 19. Verse 1 says, And Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done, and withal how he had slain all the prophets with the sword. And Jezebel sent a messenger unto Elijah, saying, So let the gods do to me, and more also, if I make not thy life as the life of one of them, talking about the prophets of Baal, by tomorrow, about this time. And then in verse 3 it says, And when he saw that, he arose and went for his life, and came to Beersheba which belongeth to Judah, and left his servant there. But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness, and came and sat down under a juniper tree. And he requested for himself that he might die, and said, It is enough now, O Lord, take away my life, for I am not better than my father's. So we see here uh, three things in, in particular that I want to, to highlight um, out of this passage here. The first thing, uh, I was like, well, I'll, I'll go ahead and just give you all three. Number one is the outward look. We see an outward look. We also see an inward look, um, but what we fail to see is, is number three, an, an upward look. So let's talk about first the outward look. Uh, a few years ago, I was when I was I was growing up, we moved to um, moved to Washington State. Uh, we were part of a church there, and right when I had got there, I noticed that there was just kind of a soberness in the in the congregation. That something had happened. I wasn't really sure uh, what had happened. I just didn't really know, but I could tell something was just going on. And anyway, I went over to one of my friends' house. Uh, and he 
uh, his name is Zach, and me and Zach were upstairs and we were playing and uh, we were hanging out and I think I was about 10 or 11 years old at the time. And so I asked him, I said, you know, man, something about this church, it just seems everybody's so serious. And he said, well, do you know what happened to my sister? I was like, no, I, I thought he had only had two sisters and apparently he had a third one. And he said, well, and he began to tell me a story about what happened to his sister. He said, one day my sister, uh, she was on her way home from school and as she was getting off the bus, she came around the front of the bus. And of course, if you've ever seen a school bus you, that stopped, they have a bright flashing stop sign that says, don't uh, don't pass us. It's illegal. You can't pass a school bus. You're supposed to stop a certain feet, a certain amount of feet behind the school bus. Uh, well, what happened is a lady in a Tahoe, she was going at a, at a higher rate of speed, I think 30 miles an hour, uh, 30, which in a neighborhood shouldn't have happened. But anyway, she had dropped her phone. From what I understand, she dropped her phone into the black hole, which if you know... If you have a car and you've ever dropped your phone in the black hole, you know what I'm talking about. It's that space in between seat and console that you just, as much as you try to get your phone out of there, you can't do it. Well, she had dropped her phone there and she was, from what I understand, she was reaching down, looking down, trying to get her phone out, and she never saw the school bus. And just about the time she was passing, she uh, passing the school bus, she kind of saw the yellow flash, looked up, and there was Michaela right in front of the car. The car hit Michaela, sent her flying about 20 feet, and she hit the ground. Um, it, it, right away, Michaela, we, they were the parents saw what happened. They called 911, um, and they life flighted her. And they didn't think she was going to make it. She ended up surviving. And, and uh, in, fa in fact, I just saw a um, a post. One of my friends sent me a one of a uh, post of of her, and, and that she had just I think she was either going to college or just finished college, and uh, just finished high school or just finished college. And it was. It was just amazing to see how God had protected that family. But that family is forever changed, all because a lady uh, in a Tahoe did not have her eyes where they were supposed to be. They weren't looking on what she, on the road on where she was supposed to be. And I think sometimes, you know, God, there's things God will do in our lives, right? There's, there's certain decisions we make. And when we begin to take our eyes off of the Lord, we begin to put our eyes on our circumstances. The, look in verse 3. It says, And when he saw that, he arose and went for his life. So he saw his circumstances. He knew that Jezebel wanted to kill to kill him. And so he began to look outward at his circumstances. And because of that, he he we, we know that he was fearful and that we know the end of the story, right? That God he asked God to take his own life, and of course God didn't do that. But he began to take his eyes off of the Lord, and because of that, he began to fear. The fear began to set in, anxiety, depression began to set in in Elijah's life. And again, I'm not saying any of this to to condemn Elijah. I have no right. But I am. I think, like I said earlier, I think it's important that we learn from his example. And so I know that there's times in our life when maybe we, we look outward in our circumstances, right? Maybe if you're in college, you have certain assignments and certain projects that are due, and it's easy we get our eyes off the Lord, we begin to fear, we begin to worry about those projects and those assignments and how they're going to get done. Uh, maybe it's a work thing. I know that at my work, I work in an eye, an eye doctor's office and that there are certain projects I have to get done. And sometimes I can start looking at those projects and see them pile up and get discouraged and get worried. How am I going to get all this done? But when I, and it, that only happens though when I take my eyes off the Lord. And you may say, well, what does that got to do, you know, at work? And I don't, I don't understand why, why would that be the case at work? You know, shouldn't it be just spiritual things? Well, no, anytime we take our eyes off the Lord and we stop trusting the Lord, even for the everyday task, even for the, the minute, uh, just day-to-day -day, uh, activities, we take our eyes off the Lord, we start putting them on circumstances, we're going to begin to become fearful. We're going to begin to become depressed. 
uh, we're going to look at those things that are out that are outward and that are that are in front of us, and we're going to begin to get like Elijah, fearful, and, and our base instinct as humans is to run, and that's what that's what Elijah did when he saw her and saw that the fact that he was going to die, like she wanted him dead, he ran. He's like, I got to get out of here, and you know. I was thinking about this the other day. Sometimes I could even take the form and soul winning. I know that there's been times in my life where I went up to a door, I knocked on a door, and my, and I begin to take my eyes off the Lord, and I start thinking of, oh, what if this person asks me this question, or what if he's an atheist, or what if he's a Muslim? What if he starts asking me questions I don't know the answer to, and I begin to get fearful, and my first instinct is, I got to get away from this door. I, I'm not ready. Or somebody, you know, you start hearing that door handle turn, and someone's about to open the door. You're there's times it's like, oh man, I, I don't know. I, you begin to get fearful. And it's because we've taken our eyes off the Lord. We, we've become, come out of a place of rest instead of looking to the place of rest. And so we, we see first of all the outward look, right? Elijah, he, he looked outward. He saw his circumstances and his first instinct was to run. But next we see number two, his inward look. Uh, in verse four, it says, but he himself went a day's journey in the wilderness and came and sat down under a juniper tree. And he requested for himself that he might die and said, It is enough, O Lord. Take away my life, for I am not better than my father's. He begins to put his eyes on himself. Uh, he says, Lord, I'm just, I can't do this. This is, this is too much. I'm the only one. He even says in the passage before, the uh, chapter before, he says, I'm the only one serving you. And even later on in the passage, he says, I've been very jealous. I'm, you know, I've been very zealous of you. And God, I, I've done what you've asked me to do. And I'm the only one serving you. And he begins to put his eyes inward. And he starts to become introspective. And, you know, we can do that sometimes. We can look at our circumstances. We begin to look outward and we, we start getting these projects that start lining up, right? Whether at work or at school and we start having these things. Maybe it's a financial situation, right? Maybe uh, you have a certain bill that's come in, a doctor's bill, and you don't know how you're going to pay it. Or um, maybe it's a family need where someone in your family is hurting or something's going on in your family and you feel like you can't control it. And you begin to get fearful and then you start getting introspective. What could I have done differently? How could I have, you know, maybe it's maybe I'm the problem. And we see that here with Elijah. He begins to look inward. And uh, I wrote down a few statistics uh, that I shared with my fellowship on Thursday that I thought was, it's important that, you know, when we begin to look inward, there's, certain, there's a couple things that begin to happen. And, and I want to give a few statistics. Uh, here's one. Approximately 9.5 of American adults over the age of 18 suffer from depression. Um, 18% of people over 18 suffer from anxiety disorder. 12.3 million American adults seriously thought about suicide. In a, and out of the 12.3, 3.5 million planned a suicide and attempted, and 1.7 were, were successful. You know, I think this is a problem in, in our society in 2023. I think, we're, I think this is a struggle in our society. And obviously I know that uh, with lost people, they, uh, with lost folks, they don't have that hope living inside them. They don't, the Holy Spirit's not living inside of them that, that's guiding them and being able to comfort. But it's honestly, it's a problem among Christians. You, you know, when I, I traveled on the war, the special forces, I, when, every week I, I dealt with teenagers and I was with teenagers who were depressed, who were angry, who were, had anxiety disorder and who were depressed. You know, that, it's not just a problem in in the world, it's a problem in our churches. Uh, people in our church are struggling with this. And I, I truly believe, and I understand that there's medical things that go along with this, and I'm not minimizing that, and I'm not saying, you know, to not take medicine and not seek help, but, you know, uh, medical help, but what I am saying is that a lot of these things would be solved if we would simply put our eyes 
on Jesus. See, we begin to take our eyes off the Lord and we begin to look at our circumstances and it's a lot like Peter walking on the water. He began to take his eyes off the Lord and he started putting them on the waves and he started putting them on the sea and he, he began to sink. And that is exactly what happens to us when we take our eyes off of um, off of Jesus and on our circumstances. Or we begin to look inward. Man, I just wish God would have made me this way. Or if, if I was only had what she had or if I only had what he had, I, I would be, I'd feel better. We begin to get depressed and anxious, and, um, and and the Bible says, "Be anxious for nothing." Right? We don't have to have anxiety. We can we can rest in the Lord. Um, and, and even I think of some of the the different issues that are going on in our in our culture with the homosexual movement and the LGBTQ movement. I read a statistic the other day, and I don't I don't remember um, what the exact number was, but there is a very high suicide rate in, the, in that movement. This is an issue in our society. This is running rampant. The depression, the anger, the insecurity, the selfishness. That's really what it is. When you look at these movements, and it's tempting to get angry and say, are you kidding me? But it's all about them. I just read a, a shirt the other day somebody had on. It was rainbow, and obviously it was part of the LGBTQ um, movement. And it said, I want to be, or I want to be free to be the real me. Again, all about me. It's it's all about in, the inward look, and I, and this is a problem in our society, and it's leaked into our churches. It's all about me and what I want to see and what I want to do, and when we begin to look inward, there are side effects, and some of those side effects, those are the, the anger, the depression, the insecurity, the selfishness. There's eating disorders. There's all kinds of disorders that I believe go along when we begin to look inward. We get our eyes off the Lord. So what is the answer? What is the answer? Finally, we we see the upward look. Um, in the chapter before. When Elijah was faced with opposition, he didn't say anything. He obviously he he made fun of him, right? He's like, "Oh, you know, your God's probably sleeping." But he never once um, got anxious or scared. In fact, it says he bowed his head. He was confident in the Lord, but he bowed his head between his knees and he said, "God, I need you to work." And he did. But that's not the same reaction we get in First Kings nineteen. Uh, this summer, the Lord really put me on a journey and. I, I am super thankful for what he did this summer. And part of that was he, he led me. I was going through the Psalms. I was going through the life of Elijah. And he led me to this passage of scripture out of Psalm 5. Um, Psalm 5 verse 3 says, My voice shalt thou hear in the morning, O Lord. In the morning will I direct my prayer unto thee, and I will look up. You know, I think it's important. I may, I may have given some of this on a different podcast, but I think it's important, this passage of scripture. I think the psalmist was trying to tell us something. It is, it is important, not only in the morning, but just throughout as we walk throughout our life, to direct our prayer upward, to look up, to get our eyes off of our circumstances, especially in the morning, right before you start your day. Don't don't look out through the day and, and what the day is going to bring. Don't worry about it. Get our eyes upward. Get our eyes where they belong. And then I think uh, just out of uh, like a few points of just application here or some few uh, results, really, of when we look upward, is number one, we have peace, right? Uh, Isaiah 26, 3, Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusteth in thee. We have peace. When we get our eyes off of our circumstances and off of ourselves and we put them on Christ, there's a great peace that's there. And not only that, uh, I think there's also a, a sense of rest. I think of Matthew 28. It says, Come unto me, all you who, are, who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Whenever we are worried or anxious or, or not feeling right or uh, we, we have the depression sinking and the anxiety, God promises rest. He says, 
anyone who's is heavy laden and labored with life and, and is burdened, come to me. I'll give you rest. And it's a prom- that's a promise by God. And so those are the two things, the results of when we look upward. We have peace. We have rest. And, and sure, surely there's, there's more. I think of Psalm 1611, in thy presence is fullness of joy. I think there's a joy that's lacking in our society. You just look, you just go to Walmart and, and walk around Walmart and see, is there joy in people's face? No, there's not. Look in the churches in America. Is there joy in people's face? No, unfortunately not. Why? Because in the presence of the Lord is joy. And people have too often, we've looked, and even myself, have looked into the world for fulfillment and satisfaction and joy, and it doesn't give it to you. And so we need to look to the Lord. We want peace. We want rest. We want joy. Those things are, are, are found in looking upward, directing our prayer upward, getting our eyes off our circumstances, and putting them on Jesus. So in a few points of application here as I wrap up, what are the Jezebels in your life? What are those things that that cause you to run, right? Run from the Lord, that cause us to get our eyes off of the Lord. They might not be sin. Uh, some of the things, like I talked about, might be soul winning, right? When you're you're out soul winning, you know, you hear that handle start to turn and, and you might be fearful, you might be tempted to run. What are those things? And then what are you going to do about those things? Um, again, like I said, it might not be a sin issue. And if it is, then we need to confess, we need to forsake. And the Bible says there's mercy there uh, in Proverbs. Um but if it's not a sin issue, it's just an issue of everyday life, right? It's a financial situation. It's it's a health issue. Well, then we need to get, look. We need to get our eyes where they belong, which is upward. We need to look to the Lord, who's the only one that can give us that rest, that peace. So this week, uh, as you go about your week, whenever you're tempted to get your eyes on your circumstances, or even look inward and say, "Man, what's wrong with me? Or what's what's? Why am I so messed up?" Or, or you get tempted to be insecure. Get your eyes upward. Take a moment and just stop and say, Lord, I'm going to look upward. I'm going to look at you. I'm going to rest in you. You said you'd give rest and I need your rest. And every time you do that, you're rewiring, really, you're rewiring the way you think. And then over time, you're going to realize that every time you're presented with opposition or a temptation to look outward and you begin you begin to look upward, you're going to realize over time that that's going to become a habit of your life. And much like the psalmist, you're going to see joy in the presence of the Lord. You're going to find peace. You're going to find rest. I, I think America needs rest. I think the church needs rest. Um, they need peace. We need joy. And it's not found in looking at your circumstances. It is found in the person of Jesus Christ. And so this week, my challenge is look to Jesus. Get your eyes upward. And don't, don't look outward. Don't look inward. But look upward. Uh, if you have any comments, questions, concerns, or maybe a story maybe you'd like to share, I'd love to hear it. Uh, feel free to email me at highercausepodcast at gmail.com. That's highercausepodcast at gmail.com. And uh, thank you so much for listening. I trust you have a great week. God bless.